1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com achieve today.
0: Down the block, and we job. Inside for Elba. Elba will score! Elba will score! Newcastle and won!
1: Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today we've got our hindsight draft with Natty from the Weekly Rubdown. Been a while since we've had Natty on. Champion fella knows his Supercoach draft inside out. If you haven't already gone back and listened last night to my hindsight draft, I highly advise you go back and listen to that. I've got pick 1 to 20 using all the information, all the analysis that we have right now. If we were to redraft for Supercoach today what would change now Natty he's gone through and done his top 20 we recorded this on the weekend so just on the Saturday morning we recorded this actually so before the Roosters played so there's a little bit where we talk about James Tedesco uh, we mentioned how important Victor Bradley is as well so that has obviously changed I think Natty would still have Teddy in the same sort of spot though but you can jump on Instagram uh, the weekly rubdown you can hit Natty up and ask me if he's got any changes there if you would like but we did record this on Saturday so the has been a few suspensions and whatnot. As we all know, the NRL, it can be upside down in an instant. And once again, this weekend, it showed those capabilities. This is a fantastic chat with Natty. This is part one of two parts. Uh, This one goes for about an hour or so. So here's the first half an hour. We've got picks one to eight and then from eight to 20 and a quick little review on the guys that missed out on Natty's top 20 as well. A cracking chat with a champion bloke. Remember, this is available on the weekly rubdown podcast. You can get all their stuff on Instagram as well. If you're a super Coach player, if you're a draft player in particular, go and have a look at it. If you're a Super Coach fan, though, I highly advise you get around Natty's gear on the weekly rubdown, doing some sensational things. Huge fan of his work. Let's kick it off.
0: It's got the Yes, yeah. yeah. yes, it's there. He has kicked the field
1: goal. Natty, what is doing? Mate, what's going on? Not too much, mate. Just working away. It's uh, it's been one hell of a season so
2: far, has not it? It has, mate. It's been a minute between drinks, bro. That's for sure.
1: Mate, uh, obviously we're going to be recording this on both the Guru Podcast and the weekly rubdown. Uh, Very excited. We're going to go through our hindsight draft, which is, of course, we're going to go through and redraft today based on the information we have right now. And good God, hasn't there been some changes from where we started at the season?
2: Huge, mate. I've been really looking forward to this. Um, yeah, my top 20 has changed dramatically. There's guys that have come into the top 20 that I didn't have in there. There's guys that I've dropped. Some guys that, are, that have, I've bumped up dramatically also. So very interesting.
1: Mate, I obviously released mine on the podcast just the other day. We're going to take a deep dive into yours today. The thing that I found from about pick 12 onwards, honestly, mate, it could and as it was at the start of the season, from pick 12 onwards, it was just anyone's, but especially now... I've got no idea if my order's right, wrong, near the mark, a mile off. It's been difficult, wasn't it? Hundred um, percent.
2: Yeah, one to ten was relatively e- easy, but after that, I was just guessing, picking blokes that I like. Um, and then, then, of course, it all depends on how you go in the first round as well. That that obviously makes a massive difference on who you're targeting in the second round. So it's hard to sort of juggle who to
1: where to put them and and who to put in. But um, we've done our best anyway. Mate, you did mention there, obviously, guys that you like. And um, as we all say with draft, you know, you do need to back your gut in. And, look, we've used all the information that we've got from the first 11-odd rounds we're making these selections. But we're also looking to the future and some guys that we still think have a bit of high end that maybe haven't shown that huge potential to start the season. We've still pushed them around. and. The one that stood out to me was Harry Grant, a guy that I think we both had in our top 10 to start the season. He hasn't played huge minutes. There's been injuries. There's another injury at the moment. But I still feel like by the back end of the season, he's going to play big minutes. Did you find him as a hard guy to sort of place? Hundred um, percent. The
2: thing for me with Harry Grant is I don't think he'll play 80 minutes this year. I I was confident that he was going to at the start of the season without these injuries. But just because he's so young and he's so important to the Storm side as a whole and the club and the future of the club, I think obviously the smart re- move is to play him less minutes coming off all these injuries this season while the cheese has sort of got that fitness down pat with the hooking role um, and you can use him for 30 minutes at dummy half and give Grant a rest uh, but I still like Harry Grant I mean what he can do in 60 minutes is better than most hookers if not all hookers um, in
1: their 80 minute stints I'll tell you what mate we'll get into your list in a moment but there was a couple of hookers that snuck into mind that I didn't think they'd be in the top 30 by the end of this season it really is incredible some guys like Jaden Braley and Reed Marnie they have just come from nowhere haven't they? Mate, I picked
2: Jaden Braley at my 14th pick in my home league. Wow. That is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: mate, that, would, that wouldn't that be an amazing. outlier. That would be consistent across most competitions, I reckon. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Bucky's had a season. Massive. Huge.
2: I mean, he's been my favorite um, draft pick, for sure. Obviously, because of the value I got him on. But also, I mean, we'll talk about when we get to him. But his defense plus his attacking upside has been, yeah, it surprised me.
1: It's his attacking upside that's blown me away, mate. I was I was talking to um The Whisperer the other day, and I was essentially saying, like, two years ago, if you would have said, which hooker are we going to be talking about with huge attacking upside between Blake and Jaden Braley, my God, there would have been daylight between the two. I would have taken Blake by a mile. I thought Jaden Braley was just going to be your standard meat and potatoes hooker. He's just gone to a new level, hasn't he?
2: yeah, and you can see with Jaden that he's got that that vision. Um sort of similar to how Harry Grant stands up and looks at what the defense is doing, eyes up, cliffy lines, football, um, and just reacts off what the defense is doing, each play, like he's he's very perceptive, and each play, um you know he's got his head on a swivel and he's looking for that advantage um, that he can
1: take an attack. Now, mate, we're we're about to dive into pick number one in our hindsight draft. And for me, pick number one came down to two fellas. Uh, obviously, at the start of the season, we we both had James Tedesco. He was cemented up there. Neither of us have gone for Teddy at number one. Tell me, who of the weekly down taken at pick number one?
2: Yep, we've gone turbo. Um, and the reason we've gone turbo, one, he's averaging 122.4. Um, that's just ludicrous. He's got four scores over 110 and then 168. Obviously, there's risk with Turbo. I don't need to go into it. We all know it. But the reason I've put Turbo, and obviously we're talking about the two same guys. We're talking about Turbo and Cleary 1 and 2, obviously, yeah?
1: Yeah, for sure. I've got them the other way around, but continue. Yep. Yeah. So, And there's two schools
2: of thought here. So Cleary, obviously, can go large. Um, it doesn't matter the matchup. He's going to play well. And he's playing in a position that's lacking in depth. So you get that out of the way, right? But the thing that sold it for me for Turbo was if you look at round 20 onwards, you've got Sharks, round 20. Then you've got Storm and Eels, 21, 22. But you back it up towards the end of the Supercoach Finals with Raiders, Dogs, Cowboys. So no, it doesn't matter if your grand finals 24 or 25, you've got Dogs, Cowboys. Now, what the fuck can Turbo do against the Dogs and Cowboys? The sky is the limit. And you need to be looking at guys like this for your SuperCoach finals because that's that's where it matters. And if you've got if you're playing captains and you've got Turbo on your side, and your grand finals in round 24, and Turbo plays the Dogs and he scores 200 plus.
1: Mate, it's very hard to argue with. And, look, I did go Cleary number one. Obviously, you've got him number two. Uh, I look at Cleary's run home, of course. You know, it's not as great as Manley's. But the way that I look at Cleary is I just can't see him getting rested either. And this sort of plays a role for me. Tom Tervojevic, we could see him get rested. And, you know, as you said before, um, we don't have to go into his injury worries. Like, they are still there without a doubt. And it definitely played a role in the way I was looking. Look, if you said to me, Tom Turovich will not be injured for the entire season. I think we said this at the start of this 2021 season as well. I have to take him number one, but I think Nathan Cleary, the way that he's going at the moment, mate, on a bad day, he's scoring 70 points. And I mean, on a bad day, he, he probably deserves to score a 50. They just find him 20 points every single game. He is unbelievable at the moment.
2: He and it's so effortless with Nathan Cleary as well I mean super coach points are fucking falling out of his pocket at the moment like it's just ridiculous the scores he's putting up and when you're watching the game you just go he's in first gear do you know what I mean like it's yeah the sky's the limit and that's the only reason I took Turbo and I'm taking it with, you know, fingers crossed, my toes crossed, everything crossed, that he will be there for 24, 25. But, yeah, I can't argue with Nathan Cleary. Unbelievable. And the fact that he covers that halfback position, you know, um, yeah, it's crazy.
1: Mate, the other thing that plays a role for me is, of course, as we said, if, if you tell me Turbo's going to play the whole season, I take him. If you take goal-kicking away from Cleary, I'd probably take Turbo as well. But right now with the team Cleary is in – I mean, this team, they are scoring points for shits and giggles. He Ooh. is goal-kicking unbelievably. I mean, you just know that if they score five tries minimum, it's an extra 16 points for him, essentially. He is just kicking unbelievably, and it just matters nowadays. I mean, you saw him break his record the other night. He kicked eight from eight. Just yeah. unreal. Like that is That is unbelievable to have that on top of your scores is just crazy. It's money for old rope, and I always say that when
2: it comes to goal kickers. If you've got a goal kicker that's kicking over 80%, it's just easy points. You're going to get those points, especially, like you said, playing in a team that's scoring points and winning games. Fuck, it doesn't get any easier than that, especially four, four super coach points per fucking kick. Crazy.
1: Mate, uh, let's go through now number three. Now, from about three to eight, I think we all sort of have the same similar names there. just depends what order you took them in. Who did you take at number three?
2: All right, mate, yeah, so I would take Teddy, uh, just because he's Teddy, averaging 80, um, 131 on the weekend, so back looking like the Teddy that we know he is and can be. So I'll talk about why I think he's had a couple of disappointing scores and a couple of disappointing games. So, so many injuries in the Roosters um, team, obviously, we all know that, and a change to the halves, both halves. That changes the structure and the attack for the whole team. Obviously, the team has to center around how those halves play and how they want to attack. So Teddy's had to get used to how Sam Walker and then Hutchinson and now Lamb, or Lamb, Hutchinson and now Lamb again, how they want to play, where they want him, how he's going to chime into that attack as well. So it's taken him, you know, a few games to get used to that. But I think now that this Roosters attack is humming. We're going to see the best again from Teddy. And then he's one of those players where his post-origin form just goes through the roof. And that's why I'm drafting him for that post-origin form coming into your Supercoach finals. you want him. He's a captain every single game, hands down.
1: Mate, I didn't have him at three. I, I had him in four in my list. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I wouldn't have him lower. I'm a little bit worried about Teddy this season. I understand getting used to the halves combinations and whatnot. And then the guy post-origin, he has been unreal over the last few years. I'm telling you, I'm a little bit worried, though, that the last few years, it's going to all sort of catch up on Teddy this year. And there's so much pressure on his shoulders at the moment. He's just doing so much work for this side. I mean, you look over the last six weeks, he had one injury-affected game. But outside of his 131 he scored last week, I think over the last six weeks, I think he's gone over 70 once um, I must say it's a little bit of a worry for me I love the high end potentially has but the way that Sam Walker is controlling this team right now it just seems to be cutting Teddy out of it a little bit it's a major worry for me I'm not sure if I could have taken him at three
2: yeah I, I totally understand where you're coming from I just think Teddy needs to learn his place in this new attack. I mean, as soon as this team gets a little bit of cohesion and the same team and the same players playing over a few rounds, I think this Roosters team will start getting into a bit of a groove and when that happens, I think Teddy will go back to scoring really well and I totally agree with you. I think those low scores are directly connected to him doing too much and I've said this on the weekly rubdown about Teddy is when, he, when he's tries to do too much, it literally breaks down their attack. He gets the ball, he wants to dart left, dart right, break three tackles over here and try and do it all himself. And when he does that, and if he doesn't make those breaks, what it gives is gives the defense a chance to reset and get back into their defensive line and start again. It literally just stifles the Roosters' attack. I think it hampers the Roosters when he does that. When he's playing his best is when he's running hard, straight lines off the back line and backing up through the middle. And I think when the Roosters start getting into a groove, he can get back to doing that.
1: Mate, uh, l- let me ask you this. Obviously, when I look at this side right now, they're missing Keery. It's a major loss. Sam Walker's come in. He's brained it. It's been fantastic. I often think when James Sudesco is playing his best footy, it coincides with Victor Radley playing his best footy and Victor's been back the last few weeks. He He's looking good. I still think he's a long way away from his very best, especially as far as his ball playing goes. It's the one thing that would make me consider taking Teddy this high is that I know Victor Radley has still got a lot more of huge upside in him and we know that Tedesco, he plays off the back of that so well, doesn't he?
2: 100%. I totally agree with Radley. And also, once Verils comes back into this side as well, I think this this the middle of the field goes to to the next level again. I'm not big on Mask. I think he's a little bit out of his depth. So when Verils comes in, you got Radley getting quick play the ball. I think that middle is going to get torched. And I think Teddy goes, yeah, he goes supersonic when the Roosters are playing like that.
1: Mate, I assume it's not going to be the last fullback we're going to hear in the next few picks. Tell me who was your pick number four. With Supercoach, you want a fullback. You want one
2: of these high-octane fullbacks. They are the kings of Supercoach. You need to have one of these guys to win a comp, yeah? So I've got Ponga just because he is the one-stop shop for the Knights and attack, and he does it. But here I've got written here, he is effort, effortlessly brilliant, and that sums him up, right? He just floats across field. He's got a beautiful left to right, beautiful right to left, um, he breaks tackles with a breeze, kicks goals. And so the Knights' run home is the best of any team in the Supercoach final. So what I was talking about with Turbo, it, it goes again with the Knights. So hopefully the Knights are playing well and, and doing well. It doesn't actually have to be the Knights playing well for him to play well. If you know what I mean, but the Knights, they've got from round twenty, they've got Raiders, Broncos, Sharks, West, Gold Coast, Broncos. Does it get any easier than that?
1: Well, mate, even just to help you out though, instead of the West Tigers, it's the Canterbury Bulldogs, so it's even it's even better than what you said, just quietly. It is yeah, it right. is an unbelievable run home, uh, and the other thing too. I mean, I assume without looking at it, I assume the Bulldogs game that'll probably be a daytime game. I assume the Gold Coast that'll probably be a daytime game. It all plays into the hands of Caelan Ponga. Um, and, mate, even before their first game that you mentioned, the Broncos, they play the Canberra Raiders. Now, up there at Newcastle, mate, I'm not sure if the Canberra Raiders are the same team that we've always thought they were going to be, are they? No. No,
2: 100%. I mean, they're falling on their ass. I, I, They're, they're shades of what the Canberra Raiders were in the last couple of years. I, they're nothing. So, yeah, I think – and like I said before – the Knights don't have to be winning or playing well for him to play well. He does absolutely everything. I mean, he just he's just effortless. It, I can't put it any better than that, you know. The way he slides through a defensive line is just, it's poetry and motion. And for Supercoach, the way he plays, it's perfect.
1: And uh, Mate, I think the other factor we've got to include here is, of course, that Caleb Honger The games he's played so far this year, they have been without Mitchell Pearce. We know that Mitchell Pearce is going to come into this side. We know that he's going to improve the Knights. We know he's going to improve Kalen Ponga as well. So from what we've seen this year, I mean, he's played five games, three scores under 70. Not overly impressive. The other two have been over 100, though. But we know that Mitchell Pearce is coming to this side, so there is definitely some upside there, isn't there? 100%.
2: He's... Um, his effect on the Knights game it went unnoticed. I mean, seriously, he what he means to that Knights team and that Knights attack, it's just invaluable. So when he comes back into this side, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Ponga. But the other thing I want to talk about is the Knights middle and the Fords, and obviously Jaden Brawley playing amazing. They're the second best Supercoach scoring middle in the game, so they're going to keep chugging along doing their doing their work and playing really well, which gives space to the to the halves. Um, and then ultimately, he's going to give space to Ponga. You know, you've got best to come back into this side as well. A lot of outside backs that are injured. I mean, it's been a, a rotating um, door through those the, those outside backs just through injuries. So once this t- team gets a little bit of cohesion and, um, you know, the best starting 13 are out there playing for the Knights, Ponga's just going to brain them.
1: Uh, mate, we obviously spoke about... Um... Mitchell Pearce, how important he is to Ponga's game. The guy you just mentioned, Bradman Best. I feel like I could be playing on the left edge for the Knights and my Supercoach score would go up 20, 25 points by having Bradman Best there. He is just an absolute juggernaut out on that left edge and we haven't really seen him and Ponga being able to match up together much this season so far, have we? No. And that's the thing. It's been, you know, injuries for best injuries for Ponga. They really haven't got that
2: cohesion. Um, and playing time is what brings the, those connections together, getting out there and playing a lot of games together. So uh, once they get a few games under their belt together, you know, we know that. Hold
0: up.
2: Ponga loves that left-hand sweep. And fucking Bradman Best is just an absolute beast. I mean, when he's running those hard straight lines and Ponga's putting him in gaps right off his hip, you can't defend that. It's as simple as that. It's over over Red Rover. It's try time. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to this Knights team when everyone's back on deck, especially against those poor, weak defenders in the back end of the season in your Supercoach Finals. Tell me, mate, who are the Rob taking at pick five? We've got a little puppy, so Ryan Pappenhausen. So the start to the season for Pappenhausen was just no one saw this coming. I mean, we all knew that, you know, he's a great player, great supercoach player, but he hit the ground running. It was just like he was just braining oppositions and braining matchups as well in supercoach. So. The thing with Little Puppy that's that's worrying is his frame. He's quite a small frame um, in rugby league, but he runs and he plays like Teddy, who's got 10, 15 kilos on him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why he's copying these injuries, copying these concussions. Um. So that's a worrying factor there. But I think once the storm, like we were talking about with the Knights, when everyone's back on deck, it's just going to spell massive scores for Little Puppy. If you've got Grant... Um, running the middle, you've got the cheese getting quick play the balls like like players like Murray and Radley and you know Grant Grant looks the best when he's picking the ball up off a cheese play the ball. That's when he look he looks his best. Do you know what I mean? That middle just gets torched when they when those two are linking up like that. And when this storm team is humming along with everyone on deck, little Papi will be averaging one hundred and twenty.
1: Now, mate, we're going to talk about it in a minute when we get to the first forward that's been selected, but that's pretty far down our list, and we'll talk about whether the rules have had an impact on that or not, but guys like Pappy, Teddy, Ponga, they're the ones in particular that I'm looking at. Are these new rules with the concussions, with the sin binnings, uh, are they guys that we are worried about as we move forward?
2: Look, I think so. I think you've got to be worried about everyone, to be fair, but the thing is with these new rules and with sin bins you know you're getting two three sin bins a game what happens is when the defence are defending with 12, 11 or 12 people you naturally suck in the middle so you can see teams when they're attacking these teams that are that are down one or two blokes they'll send you know two or three forwards up the middle and that naturally sort of sucks in all the defenders off the edge and then what you're getting is these quick Electrifying players have just got so much space on the edge. So your turbos, your teddies, your pongers, your little puppies are just going to eat this up. There's going to be too much space out there. And if this happens for you know five, six, seven minutes while these guys are in the sin bin, these defenses are just going to be fucked. And it just it's just going to be so much open space, missed tackles, tackle breaks. You, look, if you've got if you're playing draft. And you've got one of these guys like, you know, Teddy, Ponga, Lil Puppy, Turbo, Latrell, Walker. You're, you're sitting pretty, baby. You're sitting pretty.
1: Mate, he's a guy that I had higher up my list, to be honest with you. I, I think I had him at pick three. And as I mentioned with Cleary before, mate, I value that goal kicking in a good mm. side under these modern rules. I just value it so highly it's not even funny. Yeah, well, that's another thing to add a little bow into his cap is his goal kicking. I mean, he's not
2: a fantastic goal kicker, but Storm are scoring enough points that, you know, it's, like I said, it's it's money for old rope. So you've got to factor that in, in as well. But, the thing that really worries me, and we touched on it, is the concussions and how they're going to treat. I read a, a post from um, NRL Physio today talking about you know, some concussions that he, he copped a year or two ago um, and how that's being sort of looked at and it's playing a role in how they're treating him coming off these concussions in this year. So it's definitely something to, to to watch and to factor in, but you've got to factor that in with a lot of guys. I mean, you've got to factor that in with Teddy, haven't you?
1: Oh, for sure, mate. And I, I guess the other positive about Pappenhausen, uh, you know, it's only a minor thing, but I mean, the way things are going at the moment, I think he's got serious potential to miss out on that Origin 1 team, and if he misses out in Origin 1 and they win, I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to bring him in and they're going to change a winning side, so you could end up having Pappenhausen for a couple more weeks than what you uh, originally were expecting oh that's huge as well especially if you, you need to catch up on some wins like
2: if you're sitting one two three or four on the ladder in your your leagues um for the draft you know the the buy rounds aren't a real big worry for you if you cop a loss whatever you know you're not going to change your team too much but if you're at the back end of your la uh, of your ladder you know these origin rounds are the times that you can pick up wins so yeah if you've got if you're a little puppy and you're gonna you're gonna play him against some of these teams that are gonna be super uh, undermanned, I mean, wow! Match him up, baby captain all day
1: long. And, may we have a look at his run home. Obviously, round 22, Canberra Raiders. We're not really sure uh, how they're going to be looking in a couple of weeks. Big advantage, it's down there in Melbourne. They've got the Gold Coast Titans after that. They've got the Parramatta Eels back down in Amy. Uh, You know, we're not really sure what the Parramatta Eels are going to be looking like by them, if they're still up there real contenders or not. But then the one that matters, grand final week, Cronulla Sharks. I really like that matchup.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the Sharks have been poo, haven't they? Just fucking poo. And blokes like Munster, Little Puppy, Grant, Cheese, all these guys will just be up for this game. Um, And Storm are the type of team that want to go into the Rugby League NRL finals with form. So, you know, they're going to be looking to putting the foot on some of these teams' throats and and putting big scores on. So they come into the finals humming. So, yeah, like you said, Little Puppy, 100-plus scores, uh, easy against oppositions like um, the Cronulla Sharks. Pick number six for the rubdown, mate. Hit me with it. Cam Munster, Mad Dog. Now, a little bit underwhelming, not going as well as we thought. I mean, I originally had him up there, um, pick three and four. But um, what I do like with Mad Dog is his consistency. So he's averaging 73.6, nothing to scoff at, playing 5'8", which is a disgusting position for Supercoach because it's so shallow. I mean, trying to find a fucking 5'8 when you cop an injury to, to Munster is just impossible. You might as well take the AE. Um, he's got two games under 60, so like I said, that consistency is why I'm, I'm buying him here. But I love his post origin form, another guy that comes off origin, and I don't know what it is, whether it's they play origin, and it's so fast, it's so physical, it's so hard, and they come back to club 40, and they just go, fuck, this is easy. Just play so well. I mean, if you've got, if Munster plays like he did last year, at the back end of the season, I mean, he could win you a comp.
1: And mate, I mean, like, you you described him as underwhelming before, and I'd I'd have to agree with you. I was expecting... So much more out of Munster, but we both know that he is a big game player. He saves his best for the big stages. I have no doubt he'll give us absolute nightmares in Origin. He'll carve up at the back end of the season. But, I mean, as you said, I think you said two scores under 60. And, mate, we're calling him underwhelming. He's averaging 73. He scored two tries. That's Past it. Critics. Like, mate, there is so much upside in Cameron Munster. It is scary. And as we just said, we just mentioned Ryan Pappenhausen's run home. I mean, Cameron Munster against the Cronulla Sharks grand final week, you have to be feeling very confident there. Let me ask you this. It's grand final week. You've got pick pick six and pick five. Which one do you captain, Pappenhausen or Munster? Mm, I think just due to the defensive
2: frailties that, the, the Sharks have up the guts as well as on the edges. I think you take little puppy. And because I think the Sharks, uh, the Storm probably win by 50, you know, you've got to get a lot of goal kicking in there as well, but it's close. I mean, and you never know with Munster. Do you know what I mean? Like he could score 30 against the Titans and then next week, put up 120 against yeah. the Roosters. You just don't know.
1: I think the other big plus, and we're sort of going back to puppy now, but the other thing, they just have so many tight forwards and two hookers that are unbelievable. They score so many tries around the goalposts. I mean, a lot of. I mean, this Pappenhausen, he he can kick them from anywhere, regardless. But they score so many tries within those tram lines, don't they? It's such a big plus. I mean, and if you give Cameron Munster the goal kicking, I'm as much as he's kicking like an absolute busted arsehole When we do see him, I'm probably taking Munster over Puppy then.
2: Oh yeah, and like you said, if. Munster takes up the kicking. Chances are they're right in front of the sticks. So, fuck, anyone can kick him from there. Uh, take me to pick number seven for the rub down. Okay, so interesting one. This is a, a massive bump up in the ranks that we had earlier on in the year. And it's Latrell Mitchell. Um, so, he's just hit the ground running. And we talked about Latrell Mitchell being sort of like a lazy off-season trainer and maybe taking a few games at the start of the season to warm into the role and, and get match fit. But, fuck, he hit the ground running and started putting up some really sexy Supercoach scores. Um, 88 average, floor of 64, ceiling of 138 so far in 2021. That's sexy as fuck. Like I said, we want one of these fullbacks. They're the Supercoach Kings, and he's
1: one of them. Six games he's played this year. Six try assists and five tries. And mate, the big thing that stands out for me, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's playing this weekend, of course, or he played last weekend when you guys are listening, so fingers crossed he got through that against the Panthers. As you said, a 64 base, and it's not like it's a reoccurrence of that hamstring injury that's kept him out. It's a suspension, so he's coming in fresh once again. Uh oh, their run fit. home. Their run home is it's an interesting one. Gold Coast Titans week one. Uh the next two games have got the Penrith Panthers and the Sydney Roosters. Uh, Obviously, against the Roosters last year, they put up 60 points, so God knows what could happen there. I I, I would guess it wouldn't be the same, though. They finished with the Dragons, though, in the last round, which would be your grand final week, and we'll talk about it when we get to Cody Walker, too. This is massive, isn't it? Yummy,
2: yeah, and that's what pips him over the edge. If your grand final's in round 25, you're looking at that, and you're going, yep, he's a captain option, 100%. I mean... Don't get me wrong, the Dragons have surprised me in defense this year up until all these injuries. Obviously, all these injuries, they're just a shit show. But they have been a better defensive outfit than what they showed us in the trials against the Bunnies. But the Bunnies are just so good when everyone's on deck that they'll shred any team. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, through the middle with Cook and Murray, when they're fit, you know, Colin has been absolutely amazing on the edge for them. And then you've got Cody Walker sweeping on that left edge. Latrell popping up on both sides of the field. I mean, when Latrell's healthy, he's playing both sides of the field and he's putting on tries on the left and the right. And I mean, that's the type of player that obviously in his head he wants to develop into is that ball playing. He doesn't want to be that tuck at it and run and just try and run over blokes although he can do that he wants to be that finesse guy that's chiming into the back line um, and sucking in defend- defenders because he's so dangerous and that's what he does you know defenders get just they just get magnetized by what Latrell Mitchell's doing they forget what's going on, on the outside and he puts these wingers in easy as, as you like and he's got a really lovely pass as well so yeah I mean he's almost matchup proof Latrell Mitchell to be fair
1: Mate, if you're a Latrell Mitchell owner in draft, are you hoping he gets picked for Origin? He takes the confidence out of it, or are you hoping that Freddie leaves him out and it puts a little B in his bonnet?
2: Um, I will say I hope I hope they leave him out. One, you'll get him um, in the Origins rounds and you'll have more games out of him. Two, yes, that'll piss him off and he'll play angry. And we know how he he likes to play angry. He goes through the roof. Um, also, you know there's a chance he might get injured with origin, with all these origin players, you know, playing the toughest game there is, state of origin. You know, there's always a chance you come out of it a bit bruised or injured or whatever, and you don't want that. But, I've, yeah, mate, I think he gets picked. I mean, the fact that he started his career as a centre, just, it picks itself, doesn't
1: it? Oh, mate, he'd be in my team every day of the week. I must say, out of these first seven guys that we've picked, this is the one guy that these new rules probably worry me the most. To be honest with you, we know how aggressive oh, yeah. this guy can get. Uh, we know that in the moment how worked up he can get as well, which is what we love about Latrell Mitchell. But super coach wise, it could be an issue, couldn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, the one saving grace is he's not making a lot of tackles. So, you know, those head highs probably aren't going to be his game. But he does have a massive brain explosion in him. That's why he's been sitting out for a few weeks, yeah?
1: Yeah, for sure. Mate, um, pick number eight. I think we're going to have a similar story here. Who is it? Stay tuned tomorrow. We're going to have the rest of Natty's picks and a deep dive into the guys that missed out. Love this idea, the hindsight draft. I love going through and using the information we've got now and seeing how it's changed since the start of the year. Make sure if you haven't listened to my hindsight draft already, I dropped it yesterday. So scroll back a little bit, have a listen to that. My top 20 are kind of similar to Natty's, but we had a number of guys that changed, especially from 12 onwards, about one to 12, very similar players, just in a slightly different order. 12 onwards though, there's a lot of guys that Natty had that I didn't even consider. Uh, I touch on that as well. And we talk about the differences that we had at the end of part two, which you'll have tomorrow morning. So stay tuned for those ones. Cheers, guys. Have a cracking day.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.